Welcome to Third Way Thinking, brought to you by Reverend Ryan Kennedy and Gargi Agawala. This podcast is designed to help you do life better and find heart-led solutions to everyday obstacles and struggles. And today, my brothers and sisters, we want to talk about change and why is change so dang hard. Uh, So take a moment and reflect on some of the changes you've experienced in life. Maybe you are in the midst of change right now. The scope of change is broad. You can be going through lots of changes all at the same time. These can be um, relational changes. These can be uh, health changes. Maybe you received a tough diagnosis about your health, something you weren't expecting. Uh, Maybe it's in the area of grief, losing a loved one, uh, deep loss, um, again, something you didn't expect. Change happens all the time. It's one of those things, you hear this all the time, it's the inevitable in life. If you're going to be living, you are going to experience change. It's the, it's the moments we're brought out of the land of the familiar and into the land of the unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. And what happens is our impulse says, we don't like this. Man, I just want this to go back to the way it was. I mean, how many of us have said that? If we could just, uh, and people say that to me in times of grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm particularly talking about the grief of losing a loved one. I just want things to go back the way they used to be. Because it's hard. It is. And yeah. I take that back. It's not just with losing a loved one. Divorce. Yeah. I've had people who are going through a divorce. Or I think could just all go kinds back the way of departure. You know, for me, change kind of goes into these two buckets of... It's usually a departure of something, the departure through death or leaving home, uh, or moving house, mm-hmm. there's a departure there, leaving a relationship, leaving a job. All this idea of your safety is somehow being uh, challenged. Yes. The safety of your health, the safety of your finances, the safety of things being the way you know them to be. And anytime these two things are challenged, we don't know what to do with it. Yeah, and and, and I think it oftentimes feels like a like you you've been brought into exile. You've been you're in this foreign land and you have no clue what to do with it. And so again, the impulse says, "I just want to go back." But here's the thing about change: real change, you can't go back. I think it's because we need to know what am I supposed to do. Give me the rule book. Give me the tools. Yep. yep. And suddenly we're dumped in this land, like you say, in exile, and we don't know what we're supposed to do how we're supposed to do it. I think as humans, we like structure. We like yeah. some template, a game plan. And what if there is no rule book for this stuff? I mean, what if the rule is, hey, you need to now keep doing life in this new land and it's gonna get better, but you gotta keep taking steps forward. You have to risk, you have to try it for yourself. So for me, um, from moving country and home so many times, I mean, I call myself a international gypsy because we have just that's the way our life has unfolded and we've moved many times with my husband's job and I have had to pack up and uproot my children and myself and what I have known as home quite a few times but it has taught me so many valuable lessons where change is experienced so I think the first one that I want to share is how present change allows you to be when you know that you might not be with this friend for more than two or three months or you might not be attending this school with your children it just makes you 
be present and appreciate people and absorb the moment in its fullness and its entirety. I think when we've been in a familiar place or a familiar landscape for so long, we tend to miss the details. Mm -hmm. We miss the moments. Yeah, we miss the small things in life, which are usually the big things. So I think if anything, just knowing change is always on the horizon for all of us and knowing that that's what um, should keep us present is huge. Just to stay present and absorb the moment in its fullness all the time. And then I think there's, you know, this idea of there's the welcome changes, like maybe a change of job is a good thing and we welcome that. So we approach that so differently than the changes that literally turn our worlds upside down. So when it's a situation of having your world turned upside down, I think we tend to grip the steering wheel tighter. We want to force, we want to control, we want to decide how things are going to turn out. We're looking for the outcome to make us again feel safe, to feel okay, to feel somehow comforted. And I think the first thing we've got to do is release our grip on the steering wheel. Yeah, hard thing to do because we want to control it. We when, when things get dicey in my life, I want to control things more. Not, not the opposite. I don't want to relinquish control. I want to take control. But in relinquishing or releasing that grip a little bit, I think we see more clearly because we're not putting all of our energy into forcing. Force takes a lot of human energy, mental energy, physical energy, and then we're left with nothing else to actually do something, I don't know, positive or um, to be clear-minded. Yeah. And it, and it goes to the theme of acceptance. If we can accept this thing rather than trying to control it. And I get it. I mean, this is, again, this can be some of the hardest stuff you deal with accepting, especially during times when the, when the change is deep and it's, and it's like you said, it's, it's turning your world upside down. That's hard to accept. I don't want to accept that. I want to change it. I want to change, change with change. Right. Um, I want to go back. I want to, or I want to look so far into the future. Both of those things, all of those things, pull me out from the present. Right. And I think in, in those moments as well of deep upheaval, there's two aspects. There's a physical aspect of change, and then there's an emotional aspect of change. And often I don't think we separate them. And then they kind of drown us in overwhelm because we're dealing with this emotional outpouring, we're, we're dealing with a physical uh, requirement, and it's just too much. So in my changes of moving, I would always kind of try to separate what are the physical things that are going to happen in this change, and then I would approach my emotional state separately. So I, I think this is a great tool. Write a list, just make a physical list of what are the physical changes that are going to happen because of this. And again, by putting it onto paper, the way the brain um, interprets that is, oh, this is on a second hard drive, I no longer need to carry this. So making that list of things that you need to do in the physical, that's where you can have your control. Right, I need to get on with yeah. this, 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 and this. Yeah, that's a healthy control, right? Yeah, it is. It's productive. Yeah. And then when you look at your emotional aspect of change, again, I think we tend to just go to the top line. We say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. Why is this happening to me? And underneath that initial response is actually a very different emotion. Anger usually means you're hurt or your safety has been questioned. It's not always that we're just angry. Underneath the anger is a different emotion and underneath yeah, that is a, there. So we often don't go to the root of our emotions. 
and then 10 others pile on top and before we know it we're drowned in emotion when actually it's really only one key emotion a root emotion um, that if we just took that on it's much easier to process one thing than 10 things so I've always done that with my moves I've always been angry or upset or how is this going to affect the children and I would make it about everything else other than the truth of the matter which was I was happy where I was and I didn't want to move yeah but once I brought it down just to the one thing and not all the other excuses I'd piled on top, I could process that one emotion. It was still hard, but it was just one that I had to deal with, not ten. Yeah. And I think the, the bottom line is in this discussion of change is um, we don't like to be uncomfortable. I like to be comfortable. But the, the paradox co- comes in to say... The moments I've grown the most have been in those uncomfortable moments. But man, they're uncomfortable. I don't like them. And it's always, it's the blessing of always looking back. I mean, you can never see it when you're in it. Yeah. But you look back and you say, yeah, I, that change was actually good. good or, or I learned something in that change. I yeah. found myself or I found compassion or love. I mean, whatever it is, the, the good things you discover in the change. But I think a really important point there is because we can't see it in the moment, we need cheerleaders. We have to lean in on friends, family, and faith. Those are the ones I've always found keep you going. They're the things that pull you forward until you can get through to the other side and look back and say, oh, that was actually really good for me. And I I have transformed and something miraculous has happened as a result. Um, And we have to give ourselves permission for that to lean in on that friend, to say, I need you to get me through from A to B. We have to lean in on that faith to say, I'm going to release the steering wheel a little bit, not entirely, but I'm just not going to grip it so hard. And we have to lean in on uh, family and and speak our truth, speak what's going on with us. Yeah, and again, I mean, we say this so often on this podcast, not to keep that stuff in, name the change, name the the feelings that are being associated with that change, name Name what's hard about it. Yeah. And then I think, you know, celebrating every small win and every step forward is really key. Yeah. As humans, we don't do that enough. Yeah, we're we don't. always saying what we didn't do well or complaining. But I think if the focus is on, look, I made it one one step in front of the other. I just put one more foot in front of the other. Before you know it, you've covered some distance. Hmm. So focusing on how far you've come rather than how far you've got to go. Super important. Because I think what we do is we get in relationship with the future when change is around, right? Like you just said, we're so far out that we're not present. Yeah. And anytime we're in a relationship with the future, we're in relationship with anxiety. Yeah. That's where anxiety lives. It's always a relationship with the future. So coming back to that footstep, where's my next foot gonna land? That's all I have to worry about right now. Yeah, yeah. Massive when you're going through transformations or changes. You know, I didn't, when I, when I went into recovery, I did not, I remember people saying to me, uh, one day at a time, one day at a time, and I thought, what a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just bullshit. What, is, what does that even mean? mean? Oh, that's what it means. It means living in the here and now and not getting into the anxiety of the future and not going back to the regrets of the past, but staying present to the things that matter in the here and now. Yeah. Wow, there's a lot of wisdom in that. There is, and it's such simplicity in a way. But for me, I almost, I'm very visual. So I always think about my foot, literally, where am I going to place my next foot? That's all I've got to worry about. 
because frankly, what do we really have control over? None of us have control over anything. We just think we do, <laughs> right? How true is that? So in all of it, we may as well just focus on where is my next foot gonna land? Yeah. Where is that yellow brick road or that path gonna land for me to just place my foot in this yes, moment? Because we can control that. We can control our response yeah. to what happens to the changes around us. So, you know, and that's a freedom. I think the one God-given inherent freedom we have is that choice, that choice to think differently, the choice to be accepting, to be allowing. And I don't know, just to sit in that moment, whether it's good or bad, comfortable or uncomfortable, stay present. That's the biggest uh, antidote, I think, to the turmoil of change. Mm. And having this, you know, physical game plan and then an emotional game plan just makes things more manageable because it gives everyone involved. Because, you know, when there's change, there are other people involved. It's not just us going through the change. There are our family and our friends and other people, our community. And how we behave, I think, gives others the cues for how what we need from them. Totally true. A- anxiety breeds anxiety. So right. if you're a, if you're going into this change and you're going to be that high anxious person, expect those around you to also be have a high amount of anxiety. We can control some of that level of anxiety around us with how we respond. Yeah, absolutely, because we're feeding it. Yeah. And we're giving directions to our loved ones that this is what I need from you. I need you to help me continue to feel anxious. Whereas if you're really clear and directive, that here are the things that are going on and here's what I need from you. I need you to be my cheerleader. I need you to be the one that drags me forward one step in front of the other. I need you to remind me to stay present, to stay grounded, to lift me up. Everyone knows they've got their directions. They've got a sense of how you want to maneuver through this, you know, dark tunnel of your mm-hmm. life. So I have a friend who was uh, recently, recently within the last, I don't know, four to six months, he was diagnosed with cancer. Again, one of those unexpected diagnoses. You never plan to get this. You can't, you can't make a plan for this stuff. You can't schedule it. It always comes at the worst time. There's never a good time to receive it. Um, but how he handled it was like, yeah, that's how you do change. That's that's how I want to do change mm-hmm. next time. Um, you know, and I'll never forget. I was in the basement when he called, and um, it was this moment of uh, there was some grief involved. There was some fear. You don't know how this thing's going to turn out. Um, and he said, uh, Ryan, I don't want to disconnect. I don't want to isolate, was his words. I don't want to isolate. And he went on to say that, um, yeah, there's some fear in this. I'm scared, but I'm reaching out to people. And there will be days where I want to talk about this, and there will be days I don't want to talk about this. There's going to be days I want to head up to the mountains and go skiing, and there's going to be days I want to lay on the couch, and I just need a support system to be around me for all of those days. And he's one that actually did it. He took the steps and he had a game plan in place to have a support system. And he gave you direction of what he needed from you. Yes. Because when we are around people who get a health diagnosis like that, we don't know what to do. We say, what's our place in this? How am I supposed to be? How can I help you? How can I support you? And he gave you those directions. Yeah, so so it's it's about being proactive in that change. Yeah. And realizing he there's nothing he could do. He was a healthy guy. There's nothing he could do to change the course of that cancer. Right. I mean, he was doing the treatments. He was doing everything the doctors told him he should do. But outside of that, that's out of his control. Yeah. What he could control was getting the support around him. 
and, and his reaching mindset, out. Right? And his, That's yes. another thing we can control in change is our Absolutely. mindset. And the good news, just the other day, he was reporting that he was cancer-free. Oh, see? Good news. Well, do you want to lead us in a time of meditation, a time of centering? And my brothers and sisters, if you're um, working right now or you're messing around in the house, you are driving, you are doing, what I don't know, whatever you all do out there in this crazy podcast world, uh, just take a moment and stop and find a seat. Start getting your breath in line and in order, and Gargi is going to lead us. So starting by closing the eyes and settling your awareness into releasing your jaw, releasing your neck, your shoulders, chest, and tummy. Really let your body soften while your lungs expand fully on the inhale and relax completely on the exhale. Soft body, strong lungs. Inhaling, inflating those lungs. Exhaling, allowing them to decompress. Really allow your attention to be fully inside. Breathing like this, completely and clearly for a few breaths. Really let your inhale be with God and on your exhale give yourself to God. The inhale is to be with God and the exhale is to give your problems, your struggles, give yourself to God. And think about a change in your life, old or current. And look for what emotional aspect you want to sit with, or you want to process, or you want to release. What emotion is at the root? The one that you need to set free, maybe for the hundredth time, in order for you to move forward just a little more. Change perpetuates movement forward. Change is part of transformation and usually comes with some pain. But we have to keep inching forward. Going forward, not in a circle. Because going in a circle or going forward require the same amount of energy. We may as well put our energy towards progression and not circular struggle. Commit to focusing on one good thing that will be born from this change. And silently repeat that in your mind, the one good thing that's going to come from this change. The one transformation that you know is gonna happen through this struggle, through this process of difficulty. going to be brought forward. You can't see it or touch it yet, but you can feel it and imagine it. Put your attention to feeling and imagining the good. Being with God on every inhale and really releasing 
and giving yourself and your struggle to God on that exhale. Really fill your body with ease, with acceptance and with non-resistance, no force. Simply be in embrace with this pure, perfect moment. Exhale the sound hush. One more inhale. And exhaling hush. The last one, nice inhale. And exhale, hushing your body as you finish that breath. Opening the eyes and coming back more clear and centered to this moment. Thank you, Gargi. And my friends, if you are going through change right now, you're in this foreign land of exile, and you're in a land you thought you would never be in. You didn't, you didn't wish to be in this land, you didn't plan it this way, but you're here. Reach out to people. Don't do it alone. You don't have to walk this foreign land alone. Find out what are the things you need to let go of in this land. What are the things you need to take hold of? Where do you need to center your mind and heart? And how can you make that real? So my brothers and sisters, keep going in the midst of change. Keep taking one foot in front of the other. Because it does get better. And join us next time for more Third Way Thinking.